Well, good evening, family. I'm excited and thankful for the opportunity to share God's Word with you today. Over the last few months, I've been reading a book, and I'm reaching the end of that book. And now characters are starting to die in the book. And that causes the other characters to reflect back on their lives. And some of those characters have regrets for how they lived. Death puts life in perspective. And so does thinking about what happens after death. Where will we be a thousand years from now, a million years from now? Understanding what happens after death changes everything. And that's what we'll be examining today in God's Word. What happens after death? So we'll be looking today at Daniel chapter 12, verse 2. For context, the book of Daniel occurs when the people of God are suffering in exile under the rule of the Babylonians and then after them the Persians. And throughout the book, God gives Daniel both wisdom to interpret dreams and visions of what's going to happen in the future. And then at the end of Daniel, in chapters 10 through 12, is one big vision of what will happen at the end of time. And here in chapter 12, it zooms in on God's judgment and salvation at the end of time. So let's look there to examine what will happen to us at the end of time. Daniel 12, 2. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. I'll read it one more time. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. We see here in this verse that in the end, the dead will receive everlasting life or everlasting humiliation. That's our main point for today. In the end, the dead will receive everlasting life or everlasting humiliation. And in this verse, we can see three parts separated by commas. So you have the first part, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, comma, some to everlasting life, and then the last part, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. So we'll be looking at those parts one by one. In the first part, we see that in the end, the dead will face judgment. In the end, the dead will face judgment. And it reads, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. So who are these that sleep in the dust of the earth? Asleep here means dead. Like in John 11, like we heard today, where Jesus said that Lazarus was asleep to mean that he was dead. Another clue that helps us know that these people are dead is the phrase, in the dust of the earth. This is a reminder of Genesis 3, where Adam and Eve sinned, and God punished mankind so now that all people die. And God said that, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. So at the end of time, the dead shall awake. And what will they awake to face? They will awake to face, as it says here, everlasting life or shame and everlasting contempt. 
they will awake to face God's judgment and final verdict on their life. We see the same event described in Revelation 20. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged by what was written in the books, according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it, death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each of them, according to what they had done. In Revelation 20, it describes that the dead are given up or awakened for judgment. The dead will stand before the throne of God to be judged. And that judgment will lead to either everlasting life or everlasting condemnation. As it says in John, whoever believes in Jesus will not perish but have eternal life. But whoever does not believe in Jesus is condemned because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Friends, we must understand what will happen to us after we die. We see a warning in verse 10 of this chapter against not understanding these things. And none of the wicked shall understand, but those who are wise shall understand. In today's society, many people live for today. They go to and fro, living for the fleeting pleasures of this life. They try not to think about the day when they will die or what will happen after that. But to focus only on today, when we have everlasting life or condemnation ahead of us, is foolish. Friends, we should think often about what will happen to us at the end, after we die. It puts life in proper perspective. There are three practical ways that we can remind ourselves of what will happen after we die. One, when we read verses like this, we should stop and think, what does this mean for me? What does this mean for my wife and kids or my coworkers? For me, reflecting on this, it reminds me of my brother, and I don't know where what will happen to him on Judgment Day. And it urges me to pray for him, to seek to share the good news with him more. Second thing we can do is sing songs to remind ourselves what will happen. Earlier today, we sang, O Come, Come, Emmanuel, which is a reminder to us that Emmanuel, Jesus, is coming back to rescue all who trust in him. Third thing we can do is use physical reminders. So for me, at my desk, I have a picture on the wall of a volcano. At the bottom of the volcano, I've written down things that won't last. Money, others' opinions of me, today's work project I'm working on. For when the volcano of God's judgment erupts, all those things will melt away. And in the sky, I've written down Jesus and people, for those are what will last. It's a reminder to me to help focus on what really matters. Brothers and sisters, let us remember what will happen to us after we die so that we can live in light of eternity. 
Let's look at the second part of the verse. Everlasting life. Everlasting life. Everlasting life is the great hope and joy that every follower of Jesus can look forward to. The joy of knowing Jesus face to face. Of no more pain or suffering or sin or death. For those of you who are suffering or struggling, let this be an encouragement to you. In fact, one of the reasons for this vision that it was shared with Daniel is to be encouragement to him and God's people in exile. It says in chapter 10 that Daniel had been mourning for three weeks. He was in pain. But God's messenger came to him and says, to make you understand what will happen to your people in the later days. That your people will be delivered, that everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. The vision was an encouragement to Daniel and the people of Israel who were suffering in exile, that though they're sec- suffering then, then in the end all would be well. In the end they would be delivered. And let it be an encouragement for us. We might not understand what we're going through now, but we know our final destination. And in the end, all will be well. As Jesus says in Revelation, be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. When you meet with fellow members of the church who are suffering, encourage them by reminding them of eternity, of eternal life that they can look forward to when suffering will end. Remembering eternal life to come is also a relief to us when we're stressed about the things of the world. I often struggle with anxiety. Tempted to make too big a deal out of things like a work project or looking for a car to buy. And this passage really puts my car shopping in perspective. In heaven, will I really care what car we bought? Passages like this encourage me to repent of making too big a deal of earthly things, of making those things idols. And practically, for me and for us, that looks like confessing our worries to the Lord. For me, I find it helpful to list the things I'm worried about, to write them down, and to acknowledge before God that even if the work project fails, even if we never get a a car, it's going to be okay. I entrust these things to you, O Lord. What things are you worried about today? When you get to heaven, or a hundred years from now, what do you think you'll think on those things? Are you making them a bigger deal than they are? Confess your worries to God and entrust them to your loving Savior. When you read passages like this, help them put your worries in proper perspective. We now reach the third part of the verse, which tells us of everlasting humiliation. Everlasting humiliation. And it reads, In some to shame, in everlasting contempt. Many people, when they stand before God, on judgment day will face shame and contempt or humiliation and disgrace, condemnation for their wicked deeds. 
They will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord. The suffering and shame will be everlasting, unending. At the end of their life on that day, many people will groan and say, how I hated correction. If only I had not ignored all the warnings. If only I had listened to God's word. Don't let that be you. Today can be the day of your salvation. Jesus came to bear your shame, to take away your contempt forever. He bore your humiliation on the cross. And he rose from the dead to give you new life. He is the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Turn away from living for this world and put your trust in Christ, which will last forever. During this Christmas holiday, it's easy to get busy with activities. Thinking about gifts to buy, meals to plan, travels to plan, family to satisfy. It's easy to forget the meaning of the season. All these other things, gifts, travels, will fade away. But it's people that are going to last their souls to everlasting life or everlasting humiliation. So let's focus this Christmas season on helping others know our incredible Savior. Think about your family members who don't know Christ. When you meet up with them over the holiday or talk to them on the phone, share the good news of Christ's birth. Share the good news with them to seek to save them from eternal condemnation so they can know the joy of knowing Jesus, which will far surpass the fleeting pleasure of a million Christmas gifts. In conclusion, brothers and sisters, let us remember what will happen to us after we die. Death puts life in perspective, and understanding what happens after death changes everything. In the end, the dead will receive everlasting life or everlasting humiliation. Look forward to that end. Think about it often. Don't give up. Keep persevering, and one day your sorrows will end. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you graciously give eternal life to us, though we don't deserve it. Oh, Lord, have mercy to rescue even more people, our family and friends who don't know you, so they too could experience eternal life with you. Help us to remember that the end of this world is coming soon and to live in light of eternity. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.